Welcome to another episode of the Sports Mecca podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Abramo. Today, I have the opportunity to speak with Drake Bulldogs men's basketball player, Tucker DeVries. Tucker, I appreciate you coming on the podcast this evening. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me. It's, uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. Absolutely. I know we've been, I've been trying to get you on. It's been sort of a back and forth to uh, try to get everything set up. And, you know, we've had numerous amount of college basketball players that have come on for the past year um, on this podcast. But to to start with, with you, I really want to talk about your off season. You know, I know that the, the 23 24 season is going to be starting in a couple of weeks but you were part of the team for Drake that was able to compete overseas in Spain back in the summer in the off season you know walk me through how that went and how do you feel that it prepared you uh in anticipation of this year yeah i think it was a lot of fun um especially you know this year we have 10 new guys on the team so team looks a lot different this year and it was, it was really good for you know especially the young guys and you know a lot of the transfers for us to all kind of go go over the go overseas and you know get to experience that together and kind of get some bonding and chemistry in the short time we've had to prepare for a season um but I think it, it was really good you know we played two really good games over there and um you know I think our team as a whole took uh some big steps and growing together and getting ready for the season. So there's a big momentum um, to take into the break right before we came back for school. And, you know, then, then you really hit the ground running. And I thought it was, it was, it was a great opportunity for our whole team to, you know, kind of mesh together as a, um, as a group. Was that the first time you had the opportunity to play basketball at the international stage? Um, yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah, I went with with the team when I was a little younger to Costa Rica, but we I I was not on the team yet per se. So, yeah, it was it was, it was fun. I am curious, what did you pick up on when you were playing in Spain? Were you were you playing a lot of international competition, or was it just like other college teams? No, it was uh you know some uh, lower level pro teams over there. Um, you know say not their top teams um in the Euro League, but uh the level is definitely high. Um, you know, and, I mean they're still pros. Um it's what they do for a living. And you know, I thought it was it was really good for us um kind of play against that type of physicality um where you can get away with a little more, especially on defense, rebounding, um, which was really good for us, especially the young guys, you know, kind of adjusting to the next level. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, it is a little different type of basketball, you know, a lot more skilled. And, you know, I think it, it was really good to, you know, kind of have to adjust to playing to a little bit different competition than you see here in, um, in, state, in the States, especially in college basketball. Would you say physicality is a big factor, just the differences that you not noticed? The physicality? Yeah, when you were playing yeah. in Spain and comparing it to at the D1 college level. Yeah, I'd, I'd say especially just – the way it's officiated over there is, is a little different. Um, you know, it, it is a lot more physical. Like I said, you're, you're allowed to get away with more, uh, you know, it's 
not really good or bad, you know, per se, just um, different than, you know, how, how, how it's played and how it's officiated here in America. Yeah, that's interesting. So in your first two seasons in college, you've taken home the Missouri Valley Conference Rookie of the Year, as well as the Player of the Year. You've also been named to the all-conference team twice. Were those achievements, you know, on your radar? Was that a goal of yours to maybe take home those achievements once you started your college journey at Drake a couple years ago? Not really. Uh, I think, you know, each year I've I've just kind of put myself in a, the best position uh, to kind of help this team. Uh, you know, I think heading into the season every year, you're, you're looking at the end goal as, you know, trying to make the tournament each night. You're just, you're just trying to get to that point. And then, um, I think at the end of the year, when, you know, those accolades, you know, come and, you know, they, they happen to fall my way. And I, I was very grateful for that, but, um, it's not something that's, you know, particularly right on my mind or a goal of mine to really get to that point. Uh, obviously, you know, and I'm, I'm very grateful for it, but, as a player, you know, I'm, I'm I'm still just focused on that, you know, team goal of winning the conference and getting to the NCAA tournament. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Mm-hmm. Now we have to mention, you're in a unique position. You're playing for Drake, but you're also playing with your father. Darren DeVries is your head coach, is, is your father. So it's a very unique relationship because... Not many times do Division One programs have their son on the team. Talk to me about you know, the relationship that you've established with your father at the college level, then also uh, even before you're at the college level growing up. Yeah, I mean, me and my dad uh, obviously have a really good relationship. Uh, otherwise, I, I would not be here. Um, you know, and I, th- I think growing up, he, he was a huge factor in, um, you know, the player and the person I am now. And uh, I thought there was nobody better to be able to spend the the next four years um, trying to grow as a player and a person um, with him, and you know, just being able to experience these memories of college basketball with him is, is is really special and something that you know not everybody's able to say they can do. You know, obviously there's some you know some ups and downs with with that, but um, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything, and I think uh, I really think he would he would say the same. Yeah. Before you were a college player, maybe when you were, you know, in elementary school, did you pick up on some things when he was coaching that you saw and, you know, he was able to maybe mentor you or just give you some advice? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's he's got to have a pretty good basketball mind um, to be in the spot where he, he's at now and, you know, being able to have that at my disposal firsthand of, you know, hearing from him after every single game of, you know, just helping me out to, to grow as a player and, you know, to always be better and to challenge me. And um, I mean, he he knew what it would take for me to, to get to this level and he never really pushed me 
too hard, but he he let me know what what the standard was of, and he left that up to me whether or not I wanted to be that. And you know, I I, I feel like I chose a pretty pretty determined path of you know following him and you know really working to get to this point. Yeah. So speaking of following him, what was like a college recruitment like for you? Because typically a coach from a college program will either go to your home or you get to meet to them, meet them and they don't know you, but obviously, you know, your father, did he like talk to you about the program at Drake or were you set on Drake or did you look at other programs, you know, initially, how did that work out? Yeah, I think uh, my recruitment was different for a variety of reasons, you know, a him being my, my dad and, recruiting me um in the process but also you know getting recruited during the COVID era um it, it was, was a little different as well um but he he never really had to say much um about the program about the school he I mean I, I was pretty involved um already of just you know always being at the games being around uh the guys at practice and just you know kind of I I knew what it was like but then, you know, during COVID, you know, as a lot of the other schools were through through Zoom calls, through, you know, phone calls, FaceTimes and um, him being on those calls and, you know, him having relationships with the other head coaches was was a little unique. He probably had a better relationship with the other coaches than I did, uh, which was a little different than, you know, probably most most recruitments. Give me three pros and three cons of having your dad as your head coach. Um. Well, there's a lot of them. Uh, you know, I I I feel like a a good pro is you know that he he's always going to have confidence in me. Um, you know, as a player, that's that's about all you can ask for as a coach, and knowing that he's going to have my best interest. Um, another one's just being able to live these memories together. Uh, not everybody gets to say they can do that. You know, in a couple of years when we look back at it, we'll realize how how special this this really was and is. And then another one's just you know, getting to be around each other in the day to day. Every day you, you you go to practice and he shows up for work, even outside of practice in the locker room, around meals, trips, you know, and it, it's just being able to experience those those moments together um is really cool. Some cons is, you know, uh it can carry a little bit more weight. Um, you know, wins, losses, you know, I I know I know what, what that feeling is like for him. Um I know the work that he puts in. So putting that upon myself a little bit, you know, to hold to that standard. Uh, I think another one just, I don't know, I, I feel like it's gone really well, really look back at it or look at it in, in a lot of negative ways. Um, I think a lot of people outside the locker room might think it could be difficult, you know, just trying to balance how other guys perceive it. But I think, you know, we've done a really good job of handling it. And, you know, I think he, he he's made it very clear that I have to earn everything that, you know, is given to me. And um, I think the rest of the guys in the locker room, you know, see that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you averaged 18.5 points per game last year as a sophomore. You averaged about 13 as a freshman. So you definitely were able to really improve your scoring output. When you turn on the film of your game, you have a really good knack of making a variety of shots and different angles off balance. You also were able to show off your range as well for – your junior season, what can fans or just people that are watching 
sport of college basketball expect to see more from your game this year? Um, I think this year, you know, just as a as a player, like a, being more of a complete player, um, not really considered just as a scorer shooter. You know, I think ball and decision making will be, you know, brought upon me a little bit more um, to distribute to other guys as as well as, you know, staying aggressive and, you know, being able to, you know, score when I need to. Um, but I think as you get older, the game kind of just slows down. So you, it allows you to be able to do more, you know, read the whole court a little better. And I, I think I can feel that this year uh, more than ever, you know, just the game kind of slowing down, you know, coming off a ball screen, you can, you're able to read and make decisions a lot quicker than maybe as a freshman when the game's really fast sped up for you and everybody feels seems so much faster when you're younger. But I, I think as I've gotten older, you know, making decisions is, has really improved. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you feel that scores at the level that you're playing at at the Missouri Valley Conference get overlooked by because they're playing in a conference that might perceive as you know not as tough? Um yeah, I I mean when you look at our conference and you look at the um I think the last 2 years ever since the transfer portal um, you know, I'm in a little unique situation with my dad and I, I have no reason to leave. I, I love being at Drake. Um, but when you look at the end of the year, first and second team, I think you see everybody, everybody in the last two years has left um, and gone high major and contributed big time at um, high major schools. And I think that just shows you how talented our league really is. Um, I think people outside our league probably don't realize how how physical it is um how well coached it is and how well disciplined it is um it's not as fast up tempo league as you know some of the some of the other leagues but it it is a uh it's it's a really grinded out league just top to bottom the league is really physical and really well put together really well coached um game plans night in night out are you know executed really really well and you know which which can make it difficult for for guys, you know, to kind of have those higher numbers. Who's um, a player comp that you've been told that at the NBA level or maybe another college player that they say is uh, similar to your game? Uh, I've heard a wide variety of them. You know, I think, you know, if you look at the NBA version of maybe, you know, a Doug McDermott, you know, somebody that I, I love watching. I grew up watching him in college and, you know, he's such a spectacular player um, in college. And then, you know, seeing how his game kind of transitioned and translated to the NBA, I think um, is something, you know, fairly similar to, you know, how I could translate to that level as well. Mm -hmm. You mentioned about the type of conference and the uniqueness about the Missouri Valley. When people are watching the tournaments, the conference tournaments in March, and they put on Arch Madness. For me, when I watch it, it's a sight. 
Talk to me about the uniqueness about that conference tournament and just what it feels like now that you've been in that conference tournament two times. You obviously won it last year. You know, how how is it competing in that environment and that stage? People don't realize how special Arch Madness is um, until they, you know, really experience it, walk into the arena. Um, it, it, it's a unique conference tournament. Uh, I've actually been to quite a few conference tournaments. Uh, you know, my dad coached at Creighton for 20 years before before coming to Drake. And, you know, I, I got to experience um, Arch Madness when Creighton was in the Missouri Valley and how, how special that was. And then, you know, when they moved to the Big East, you know, that was obviously had its own uniqueness and you know being in madison square garden but just the the vibe of arch madness is completely different um you know it's it, it, it's really special you know the fans are, are really into it all the schools travel really, really well um you know and throughout the five six years my dad has been here each year you know and I, i'd say we we double our fans um every year um in, in the conference tournament and last year playing the championship game and a Packed house was was really cool, and it was you know obviously helps winning winning the game makes it make, makes it even more fun. So, um, you know it, it's definitely been a lot of fun. You know getting to watch that as you're younger, and then being able to live it out um, as a college athlete has been has been really fun. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Top venues that you've had the chance to play in at the college level. This can be within the Missouri Valley or when you had a chance to play in the non-con. Yeah, uh... You know, one of my favorites was probably uh, State Farm Arena in, in Atlanta when we played Clemson my freshman year. Uh, that was fun. Playing, you know, just you and I, Bradley, uh, kind of rivalries in, in, in the conference. You know, the atmospheres are just, you know, got a little more buzz around it. So it, it makes it a little more a little more fun as well. You know, and sometimes those uh, MTEs last year we went to the Virgin Islands. I think it might have, you know, fit 3,000 people in there. But that 3,000 people there – they're into the game and it makes it a lot of fun, you know, just playing in, in the Virgin islands. And uh, I think this year we go to the Cayman islands and I've heard that one might, might not even fit that many, but I've heard the the crowds there, you know, can get just as intense. And it, it's almost, it almost makes it more fun when you're playing in a, you know, smaller arena where the fans are like right there on top of you. And, you know, you can hear, hear everything they're saying and um, just makes it unique environment that you're not used to every day. We had Ben Richardson, who he grew up in Kansas, he played at Loyola Chicago. He was on that 2018 Final Four team. He was on the podcast like a year and a half ago, and he mentioned one of his like venues that he didn't like to play at was Bradley, and the mascot just bothered him. Have you had any like encounters with the Bradley mascot? That's really funny you said that. Um, yeah, I think our team has had a, a very similar conversation and uh you know i have a lot of respect for their their program but yeah maybe their mascot could uh use a little tame especially before the game he yeah it's a little unique but yeah uh 
Bradley had it. We went there last year. Bradley had a great atmosphere, um, you know, and they played a great game. It was for the regular season title, and it, it was really impressive, you know, the crowd they had uh, for that game. Uh, but yeah, their their arena for whatever reason, I, I've never been a big fan. I know I know a lot of guys around the league would would agree that dark, old, and but you know, a lot of respect for them because they they had a lot of fans there and they were loud and uh, they tend to play well at home. So, you know, kudos to them. It works for them, but. Maybe not for us. Yeah. So you got a taste yourself and the team of playing in the NCAA tournament last year. Talk to me about what it felt like playing in the big dance and then did it have a little bit more special weight for you coming into that environment as a mid-major program? Yeah, it was obviously really special. You know, it's, uh, as a kid, you dream of, you know, playing in that moment and, you know, making the tournament and to be able to live it out was uh, really cool. Um, you know, as a mid-major, you you don't have, a, you know, a ton of expectations. You know, you get to kind of play free. Um, and, you know, I thought I thought we actually didn't play great, but um, put ourselves in a great spot, uh, you know, to win the game and, you know, just came up a few possessions short. But um, I think that that just goes to show how, how well – how good of a team we have, a good of a program, um, you know, to go out there and, um, to be quite frank, play one of our worst games and still have the lead with four minutes left against, you know, the ACC champ, you know, can can just show that um, how good our program is, how good our league is. You know, our, I think our league's had one of the best records in the NCAA tournament in uh, in the country, which is something people probably don't realize, which, you know, just goes to show that, the, the value of basketball we have we have in the Missouri Valley. Did you get to see the selection show live? Were you able to see your name get called live in person? And I, I'm curious, just from from that standpoint. Yeah, as a team, we you know we watch it just as everybody else watches it. We as a, I have it. Our team gets together, our coaches and, you know, a few fans, you know, come together and, you know, have a, have a selection show, um, you know, watch party. And, you know, we, we see it on the screen probably just as, about the same time as everybody else. And, you know, um, a lot of thoughts go through our head is, you know, you're trying to figure out where you're going, who you're playing, uh, what seed you're getting. And um, that was a really fun moment, you know, I think for everybody, you know, it's something you dream about and, you know, something as a kid you'd are excited for the selection show, you know, to go fill out your bracket and, um, but then to, you know, see your, see yourself, your, your team, your name up there going to the tournament was, was really cool. So this is not related to you as a basketball player. Give me three things about you off the court that you feel the listeners should know uh, about you. You know, probably not much different than, you know, a lot of college students, you know, outside of, you know, having to go to practice every day, you know, you go to class, go to practice, um, you know, get a couple workouts in, you're, you, then the day starts over again. Like many college students, you're pretty busy and kind of live the live normal life a lot. Um, yeah, another thing, I'm a pretty boring person now that, now that you look back at it. Uh, play the video games a little bit. Um you know, tried picking up a guitar. That that was way too hard for me, so that didn't really stick very long. Yeah, there's not there's not much. So the main thing is, uh, you're a basketball player. Then off the court, you're boring. I'm joking. 
Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. I know you're focused on finishing your college career, finishing and playing with your dad. What do you feel is the biggest step for you to achieve and maybe get through to that to that next level? So when your time comes to playing after college and playing at the professional level or the NBA, what's that next step you'd like you think that you know that you gotta take? Yeah, I'd say, you know, the biggest thing is just continuing to improve my body, my speed, my quickness, strength, my IQ and, you know, ability to shoot will, you know, always go with me and can survive at um, any level. But being able to survive physically is, you know, another thing, Uh, you know, you're playing with the best of the best and, you know, you have to be able to put your body in a position to, to be able to do that. But I think just as a, as a player in general, you know, just always continue to work and, you know, try and be the best version you can. Um, and, you know, just kind of let the, let the rest of it take care of itself. Yeah. For the listeners, whenever the podcast comes out, what are ways that they can check you out on social media? Um, if you have social media and just, you know, learn more about you once the uh, season starts. Yeah, I mean, I think the best way is probably just Instagram, Twitter. Honestly, can't even remember what my handles are, but I just type in my name and I'm sure it'll pop up somewhere. But, you know, you know, just checking out, you know, Missouri Valley basketball. I, I really think people would be surprised how entertaining it is, especially how competitive our league is, how close the games are. And, you know, when you look at the standings at the end of the year, there's three or four teams that were one game away from winning the whole thing. And then you know, come March when you when you watch the Missouri Valley teams compete in the NCAA tournament, I think again they people are surprised um, that we, you know, typically win games or you know at least make them highly competitive against you know some of the best teams in the country. I'm really proud to be a part of that, and you know, hopefully carry that on to next year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, our podcasts when every podcast that's uploaded is going to be out on Spotify and Apple podcast. So whenever our interview is out with you, expect it to be out on those platforms, um, Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, at the sports Mecca is our pages, but Tucker, I appreciate you coming on. I've been, you know, I know my co-host isn't, isn't available tonight, but I told him like, we're getting Tucker DeVries on. Like this is one of the bigger players at the mid-major level, this is one of the top scorers in college basketball. And I know your season's only a couple weeks away. So for you to take the time and, and speak with me at this time just you know, means a lot. Yeah, well, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. and Hopefully continue to get a lot of great players. And, you know, looking forward to listening to the next few podcasts on here.